a lot of times their gym is in their bedroom because a lot of the bedrooms are huge. Right. So they've got their bedroom area and then they have like the gym area. They're still in bed. And a couple of times with not their spouse. (gasps) Hey, babies. Welcome to the Dr. Beauty Podcast hosted by me, Dr. Anna Guanche. I'm so excited you're here. We plan to educate, inspire, and entertain you. This podcast is not just about beauty. It's about lifestyle, inspiration, life hacks, and of course, beauty. Hey babies, I'm here with Gina Lombardi. She's a celebrity personal trainer. She's an inspirational speaker. She is a dear friend of mine and an amazing ethical, just good, amazing person to be around. Uh, But she also is an author, a TV show host, and she has her own podcast called Health Interrupted. And I was on one of those episodes. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. (laughs) Just adore you. Okay, I have time for one more question. Okay, one more question. (laughs) One more question. What's the meaning of life? Life. (laughs) I'm sorry, we're out of time. We're out of time. Uh, so, and you're a celebrity trainer and you've trained some pretty amazing individuals and I'd love to have you share as much as you can about who you've trained before. Yeah. I mean, does that sound weird? Celebrity trainer? Like who's the celebrity? celebrity? Am I the celebrity or am I training celebrities? When you say celebrity trainer. Oh, you're a celebrated personal trainer, but you train celebrities. Yeah. I know often people will call me celebrity trainer, Gina Lombardi. And I'm like, is that weird? No. That's not weird, right? Yeah. I guess if you do train celebrities, then you are a celebrity trainer. Exactly. But I do train other people too that aren't celebrities who are wonderful people. But getting back to the celebrities, yes. Well, unfortunately, nobody wants to hear about the regular people that you train. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. They're really nice people. I'm just kidding. We do want to hear about them. (laughs) What about Nancy? (laughs) What about Susan? And what about Tom? Okay. Okay. Tell us about Tom. Yeah. Oh, Tom was just a pleasure to work with. And one thing about him, and I don't know if people really know this unless you've seen some behind the scenes stuff with him, but he's an amazing, tremendous athlete. Like he takes everything really seriously and he does his own stunts, which I don't know if many of you know, but I did stunts myself uh-huh, uh-huh. for several years, which is why I'm all broken now. That's <laughs> why I had to see your husband. That's right. My right hip, my left shoulder. I've had surgery on both hands. I've surgery on my hip, my both feet. I've oh had surgery God. on. And, um, it's really hard, you know, to not only have to be an actor, but to look a certain way mm-hmm. and to have to perform a lot of different things, either sports-wise or stunt-wise. Mm-hmm. And he's he's got it all. It's yeah. pretty amazing. No, yeah. I've followed his career for a really long time. I know people have different opinions about Tom Cruise, but he is an amazing athlete from what I understand. He also... Yeah. I did see where he was uh, filming a movie and fractured his foot or ankle doing sliding into a building. And it was incredibly painful looking. The video was yes. cringy. And I thought, God, that's commitment. And I think the, I think it's, it's just amazing what stunt people do and to yeah. do your own stunts that just makes it even more committed in, in a way. It seems like he really throws himself into everything. 110, 110. 50 50%. Yeah. From the from the get-go. And even my own husband, Kevin Sizemore, who you've had on your podcast. Yes. He's very Kevin fun. Sizemore. 
He does all his own stunts too. Oh, which I is did why not realize he, that he has many injuries and is also senior husband. That's why he's my <laughs> husband's patient because right. my husband's an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> he kind of puts and, us all back together, and you know, it's all good. That's right. But um, yeah, it, and it looks better. Like, did you ever see a movie and you see a stunt happen? You're like, mm-hmm. wait a second, that look that was supposed to be a woman, and it was like you could tell it was a guy with a wig on, right? You know, that's, it just doesn't look real. It just doesn't look realistic. But you're also taking a job away from a stunt person if you do the stunt yourself. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Well, I was thinking about this. And just as we were talking right now, um, if you injure the main actor in the show doing a stunt, then the show is on hold. It comes to a screeching halt. if you have a stunt double, I'm sure there's some... Some aspect of that, but maybe not as much because the rest of the filming can continue or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it really depends on, on the stunts because there's sometimes when you absolutely need a stunt double or stunt person, right? You know, precision driving, pyro, Mm -hmm. you know, when people are getting lit on fire, um, jumping from really high, like doing really high falls. That one scared me. I didn't, I didn't like that. The highest I ever fall was only from like 10 feet. That's all. And when you're up 10 feet, it looks so high that you're, it does not, when you look up 10 feet, it's so much different than when you're looking down 10 feet. And to know how to jump and fall that way, it's pretty precise. That's right. Are you still doing that? No, no, no. In fact, my last one was when. I didn't know I was pregnant with my son Gunner oh, and God. I was jumping out of a moving van onto asphalt in the Sepulveda Basin for a movie. And, and the director had me do it so many times that finally the stunt coordinator came over and said, that's enough. Like, if you didn't get it now, you're not getting it at all. Right. So we finally stopped. But I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. Huh. So, of course, when I found out, I was really freaked out, but everything was fine. Everything's fine. I think you have a grace period, right? Oh, yeah. You have a grace period. It's like, that, when, that, when it's brand new, that baby's got so much cushioning around it, like little, right? it's in a cocoon of cushioning. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like people go, I've been drinking like a fish. Yes. Oh, my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> What about That's those probably people? not good. What about those people that deliver their baby into it? We had those in the emergency room that deliver their baby into a toilet. Because they thought they had to poop, and then they pooped out a baby. What? This has happened. We I this, Google that real quick. Excuse this me. has happened a lot of times, by the way, when you Google it. <gasps> yeah, in Louisiana, we had people who just did not realize they were pregnant and just thought they were having a bowel movement and went, and then all of a sudden a baby comes out. Like, were these oh like teenagers God, or something? Or- some are teenagers that are in denial, and some are very like sort of heavier people who didn't sort of didn't realize that they were pregnant because they had wow. they were larger, larger body habitus. So yeah, crazy, right? And I say, well, what about your no period? And what about I don't know. Are people- you uncomfortable, Rob, that we're talking no, about this? Just, <laughs> Rob said, is getting uncomfortable. I was shocked just by the pooped out a baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck on that part. Yeah. Okay. Like, God, this is I'm really constipated. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> push, push. You're like, I'm really constipated. It's that, a boy. That Rob was a ginchy baby, and which is a different thing altogether. What's that? Uh, how long are people in the bathroom when they do this? Well, I mean, probably about 30, 45 minutes. You know, the first baby that people have is really hard 
difficult to deliver because everything's, you know, never been opened up before the cervix and the vagina and all that. But if it's like a later time and they've had babies before, sometimes it just (laughs) gets just, you sit on the toilet and the baby's there. So, I mean, yeah, no, but I can't tell you that that was a rare occurrence. That happened pretty frequently in the emergency room in Louisiana at Charity Hospital where I did my med school. So that, that was just to give you context, but also teenage moms who are so out of touch with their bodies that they just were in denial, I guess, I would imagine. So wait, you worked in the ER for a while? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, when you go to medical school, you have to rotate through everything. Like you do yeah. gynecology rotation, you do pediatrics, you do ER, you do all that. ER was one of my favorites. And so like you, sometimes you could elect to do more of something than another. So I did love sewing up lacerations. We had so many drunk people. Uh, that came in with lacerations in New Orleans. Uh, and I basically was like, I want to stitch everybody. And these people were moving targets. I had to stitch these moving targets who are drunk <laughs> and trying to stare at me through the lo- the little drape. I said, no, stop moving. I'm stitching you. <laughs> what? Sometimes oh my we gosh. had to sedate them because they were so drunk and unruly that we would have to like give them what's called droperidol. We would drope them. And knock them out so we could stitch them. Wait, isn't that a date drug? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just date drug is, I don't Which know. one's a date drug, you guys? Huh? <laughs> don't no, I, don't, yeah. I was looking at Rob, the only boy I in the room. I thought you were my information source. Uh, I wasn't which sure. Which one is the date drug? He's turning like 10 shades of red. Um, okay, so roofies, right? Roofies? Yeah, I R? guess so. Yeah, roofies. Roofies. No, uh, uh, Droperidol is a shot. It's like Haldol, but an injectable. And then you're knocked out for hours. Oh, my God. Anyway, patients are like- How did we get on this subject? How did we get on this subject? We're like, uh, we're totally off on a tangent. We were talking about- (laughs) M-Sculpt. But then we segued it. No, we were talking about (gasps) being a stunt double. And then you did your own stunts. And then Tom Cruise did his own stunts. Yeah. And then we talked about injuries. And then we talked about- How did we get into the baby thing? I don't know, but now we're back to it. Back. Okay, so. Oh, she, yes. you said you were pregnant and you were doing stunts and you didn't realize you were pregnant. It was really early. Yes. And then I was saying sometimes people don't realize till the end that they're pregnant. Yeah, and thank so God Gunner, Gunner turned out okay. And your baby turned out okay. Turned out and what's great. he up He's to 17 now? now. 17, very um, handsome, I must say. Oh He's my an God. actor. He's an actor, voiceover actor. Uh-huh. He writes and directs. He's only 17. He's been shooting films since he was little, but since he was 15, like, you know, doing camera work and um, editing and coloring and doing sound and just literally doing it all. Phenom. He's amazing. He's the son of an actor and a stunt woman. And uh, (laughs) what do you expect? I know. He likes, he, he used to love being in front of the camera, but now he likes being behind the camera, except voiceover is something he will never give up because he loves it. So he loves doing cartoons and stuff like that. Which cartoons is he in? He is on the, uh, Emmy award winning Craig of the Creek and Ben 10. And now he's on, he's regular on We Baby Bears, which is really cute. And the characters are so interesting on that show. You're thinking like, oh, this is for little kids. And then when you see the show, he plays one, he plays a few characters, but one of his characters is called Squatter Otter. And 
I saw one of the episodes and he's like, where this otter is wearing a trench coat. And then he opens a trench coat in front of a bunch of little bears. Uh-huh. And then, but he's got candy, uh-huh. but it just looks so weird. It's like he's opening his trench coat. I'm like, Cartoon Network, you are on the edge. What are we doing? <laughs> but uh, it's you know, fantastic. Car- cartoons have been getting weirder and weirder. Like, have you guys ever seen Ren and Stimpy? Oh, yeah. That was not, e- that's not even ago. the latest one. But like, I would watch that sometimes peripherally and be like, what the heck are these people doing? Anyway. I think The Simpsons started it. Or was it South Park? Wait, which came first? The Simpsons, I like The right? Simpsons because to me they have like four levels of humor, maybe even a level that I don't even get to. They have they have like Harvard and Yale and like Columbia writers for that show, and they'll they'll it'll be a joke, and like a little kid would get it on one level, I would get it on that level, and then there's three other levels above that. The three other references above that that if you can understand it, if you understand the the whole story behind it, uh, so I call it like tri level humor, so you can. Uh, have be intellectually stimulated while you're being while you're being entertained it's it's kind of kind of cool it's so true it's so genius mm-hmm. and i don't know for i don't know how long it was that people didn't know that bart was a woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you guys bart's voice is a woman and she lives in southern california and some of my my friends tell me that she has a crazy poker event at her house that's just like really fun and it's star-studded and uh, yeah, I don't know if it's it supposed to be a secret, times. but it wasn't a patient that told me that so I could share. Yeah. No, I've been to it many times. It's a it's charity very cool. thing too, right? Yeah, it's at her house. Her house is really cool. Yeah. And um, she has a big cow on the property. <laughs> a real one? A no, live one? No. No. It's a big statue. It's a cow statue. <laughs> but yeah, she's great. I did. I worked with her when she was doing her one her one person show. I was going to say one man show, but <laughs> one woman show that she took to um, Edinburgh and um, did it there. So she wanted to be in good physical shape. As we were talking about oh, so earlier. You, train, you trained her? Yes. Nancy Cartwright. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we were talking about earlier, maybe before we started, or maybe it was while we were still rolling, but- or not. But <laughs> anything could have happened in this anything podcast. Could have happened. In this particular podcast. It's a free for all. It's a free for all. Like maybe we were rolling, maybe we weren't. You might not be getting everything we said, or you might get extra. Right. Just saying. But I also trained Mr. Krabs, who is Clancy Mr. Brown, Krabs. who's a fantastic crab and lovely to work with. That's why Mr. Krabs and is so freaking hot. He's hot. He's buff. He's he's jacked. Look you know, at his she's pinchers. Training. His pincers. His, is it pincers. She was like she was like Toning his pincer, pincers. <laughs> is that what they call it now? <laughs> I'm going to be in so much trouble. Uh, um, no, nobody's going to get you in trouble. No, people don't realize how physical voiceover is. Yeah, right. You know, it's I, almost like singing, isn't it? You have to like push. Well, it's acting times ten because you're not seeing the actor's face, mm-hmm. but the actor has to deliver their performance through a cartoon uh-huh. character. So you really have to be a, a good actor to do that. And why do I know so much about this? Because I spent hours upon hours upon hours going to my son's jobs because mm-hmm. he started when he was four. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I, you know, the parent has to be with the child, of mm-hmm, course. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Yeah. But um, now he doesn't need me anymore. He drives himself. He's but a grown up. To sit there Almost. and watch him do a performance in a VO booth with like, all these amazing actors 
it's just, it's incredible. I love it. I love animation. So it's interesting to me to think about the order of events. I feel like, obviously, they do the sound. They do the whole movie, and then they do the animation to the sound. Is that right? So that they can match the exact movement of the body to the sound? Yeah, they do. They do the animation, then they do the animatics, mm-hmm. which is the, you know, the mouths moving. And, um, but they record all the characters and then they, they make the mouth move to the audio okay? because it would be too hard to have the actor copy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You can't the, have the actor try to match like I do on TikTok, try to match the exact sound with their, which you do really well, I, by the I way, try. that's hard. I try, but, and I actually love doing it. So it's really fun for me. And people ask me like, what's your angle with the TikToks? I'm like, no angle. I just like it. But it's fun to try to match that. And I've always been one that uh, happens to know all the words to songs. <laughs> and I just love to know the words. To, I don't do it on purpose. I just know the words to songs. And so for me, it it comes a little bit naturally. But I have found that sometimes it's easier than others. Like sometimes your brain just isn't so great, so fresh. Yeah. Ask Courtney. She has to roll her eyes like a hundred times before I get through the TikTok. TikToks are hard, people. They're hard. They are not easy. We have to give credit where credit's due because you nail it on the um, dialogue replacement. I Because, you know, that's a whole career that people have. Really? Did you know that? We're talking nothing is, about the training. I know. I love this. Is that my next career? Oh, my no, God. you would be so good at it. But, you know, Gunnar also, my son also does ADR, which is actor dialogue replacement. Ah. Okay. Where, let's say they do a movie. Uh-huh. And they have to... Let's say the audio was bad. Okay. And they have to dub in those lines again. That's one way they do it. Okay. So then I would just have to hear the crappy sound and watch the mouth movements and try to match the dialogue. Exactly. To the video. Yes. And people get paid a lot of money for that. Oh, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, I'll do that. I actually find that to be challenging and I love it. I actually love doing it. It's really cool. It's really cool to see actors do it. And the ones uh-huh. that are really good, just totally nail it. Just nail it. Like, You'd be yeah, so easy. great at it. Oh, I would love to do that. You should pass out my card to those people. You or know pass what? me it's those people's so, card. It's so hard to get into these, they call them loop groups, because mm-hmm. there's like, it's an unspoken, yeah. you know. You know, my thing. son did a lot of acting well, yeah. in high school, tons, and in grade school and in college, too. And uh, he took some voiceover classes, not as many, but he said, if you get into voiceover acting, it's, it's, it just feeds itself. Like it's hard to break into, but once you get into it, it's one of those things where you always have work because um, they need you on that character repeatedly Mm -hmm. or, you know, you prove yourself and then you're in that tiny group of people, the go-to people for voiceovers. So, um, so I know what you're talking about. So they call that a, what kind of loop? ADR and no, but you said Looping, they call it like loop groups, a loop group. Yeah. A loop group. Huh. It's cool. I want to be a member of any club that will not have me. <laughs> that will not have you. That will not have me. Who's who said that? Was it Mark Twain? I, I want to be a oh. member of any club that will not have me. <laughs> Mark Twain had some really awesome quotes. Yes, he did. Okay. I have one for you, which yeah, is one of me. my favorites. Tell me. He said he spent most of his life worrying about things that never happened. That's my favorite, one of my favorites from Mark Twain. And it's yes. so true because we worry about everything 
That's and true. he also said worrying is, is like paying a debt you don't owe. That is so true. So stop worrying. Stop worrying. Yeah, I know. It's, the thing about it is that it's easier said than done because mm-hmm. if you could just stop worrying, you would. But it's just one of those little niggly things that comes over you sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but so you do inspirational speaking. Do right? I? No. Is that a career I had and I forgot? <laughs> no, I've the, done a lot of public speaking. It's okay. Yes, I've done a lot of public speaking, but it was mainly in the area of fitness and training trainers. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been all over the world. It's been pretty amazing. You know, I think some people front load their career and they do a lot of stuff in the early years, like let's say between 20 and 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of that during that time. Mm-hmm. And now it's like um, finding new things to be inspired and motivated by. I love it. So it's really cool. Like the podcast. Yes. So I'm doing my podcast with my dear friend, Laura Kepler, who's Miss America, mm-hmm. who's amazing. And it's called Health Interrupted. So go find it. Go find it on all the, pl- all the platforms. After, of course, you've listened to all of Anna's episodes. All of my podcasts first. All of no, them. No, I'm just kidding. You guys <laughs> should like and subscribe. Her po- I'm actually on one episode. Um, it's mm-hmm. called Health Interrupted. And we talk about sort of things that affect your health and well-being, right? And mm-hmm. how to overcome that. Um, and you could tell us more about your podcast. Yeah. And so many, every guest that we have on has been through, unless they're an expert like Dr. Guanche, um, every guest that we have on has had some kind of health interruption, either really major, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like we had this amazing woman, Stephanie Victor, mm-hmm. who uh, had just graduated USC film school and was at her apartment taking some things out of her apartment, putting them in her car. And a 16-year-old drunk driver rammed into her on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. This was during the day. And she lost both her legs at the hip. Oh. And it was just unbelievable. And because, and I was asking you earlier about working in the ER because the EMTs and the ER people were able to save her life. Mm-hmm. Um, not her legs, but her life. Yeah. And she went on to be a Paralympic gold medalist and a world champion in downhill skiing, which is a sport she had never done before. Oh, my goodness. With, I got goosebumps with all over. two prosthetic legs. So it, it goes from that extreme to, you know, down to, uh, you know, somebody breaking both their, their uh, wrists because they were trying to impress a girl when they were 13 years old. And that was Justin Willman, by the way. Oh, you're kidding. Our buddy magician. Oh, we know Justin Willman. Netflix star Justin Willman, who we love. And yeah, he rode a bicycle. And you can find out more about this on that episode of Health Interrupted. But he was riding a bicycle with rollerblades on, mm-hmm. going down a hill. And he was trying to impress a girl. And he went off, went over the handlebars and wound up breaking both his wrists. And... Because he did this, and this is so cool, because he did that, the doctor said for physical therapy, he should learn magic because it would, the ah. card tricks would get his dexterity back. And that's how he became a magician. Okay, he was he was a magician. And Before he was Justin Willman, you guys, he was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a lot of magic shows. And I actually hired him a bunch of times. It was <laughs> up and coming to do magic shows for us. And then I see that he's become this unbelievable success and he just like persevered in what he was doing he's an incredible magician but also really funny yes he's a great he's a, comedian he's a, comedian, he's a good and actor i didn't realize that you knew him mm-hmm. until I i've went. been training him 
since he was 29 years old. Really? How come you never trained me? You never asked. Okay, I'm ready. Also, you've got M-Sculpt and look at and you. And I've got my M-Sculpt to train me, but I'm going to come up. Yeah, I'm going to get you to train me. <gasps> oh, my God. So, so what's your what's your training style? What's your, are you like very strict? Are you, what kind of? That's, you know, that's or, a really good question. And I'm going to, I'm going to answer that in, wait. One, two words. <laughs> two, three seconds. <laughs> three seconds. There she comes. <laughs> and I think it was, actually, I think it was Kevin James. It was Kevin James that gave me this title. Mm-hmm. He called me the Velvet Hammer. Oh, the Velvet Hammer. Yes, I like because, it. Because I have a way of being super sweet and kind, but I also lay the law down Follow when her. we're training. And I'm like, this is what we're doing. You're going to work this hour. And it's going to be fun, but you're going to work. Mm-hmm. And but but there's sweetness on top of it. There's velvet. So he called me the Velvet Hammer. Do you ever um, get those um, people that just want to chat with you and um, socialize after a while? Yes, and you know who you are. <laughs> what is she trying to say? Not you. No, not you. There's people. There's I people am like that, that. And I'm like, all right, enough. I, we got to go. We got to work. And so yes, there are procrastinators. One well, time, it's not that I'm a procrastinator. It's that I do love to chat with people. That's probably why I have a podcast because I just love getting to know people or exchanging, just communicating with people. So I end up talking, and then it's like, wait a minute! Like my Pilates instructor will be like, hey, "You uh, need to do your next set." It's like, been ten minutes since we did anything. Um, that's right. <laughs> shush, shush. But I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about other people. That's because you haven't trained me yet. They're watching this. You know who you are. Get, get it moving. Get going. Okay. Well, but, that's what we need, right? Because if you're going to just go to the gym and hang out and chat with people, we would just do that. But we, you need a trainer. The trainer has to keep you on task, right? And keep you motivated and focused. Right. And, and yeah. plus, like, okay, just you're paying us. Yes. That's so, like, don't you want us to, like, do what if, what if we came in for an injectable yes. or something and we just talked the whole time and you're like, oh, well, Sorry, I don't have time now, so we never got it time. done. But you, you still got to pay for your. But you still got to pay for your syringe. That's right. You still got to pay for it because you, right. you already took it out. You used you up all up. my time. Yeah, no. but no, but I get what you're saying. So that motivates you too, because you're like, I'm paying for someone yeah. to come do this, and they're gonna and they're gonna show up at my door at this such time, and then you know I can't just stay in bed. I got to get up and be trained. So I think part of it is just accountability, right? Yeah. Oh, and, and then, speaking of people getting out of bed, uh-huh. right, for their training sessions. Yeah. There's been many times where I've gone to someone's house and, you know, they'll give me their code to their gate because uh-huh. most of the people I work with are in gated yeah. homes or communities. And I can get into the house and a lot of the times their gym is in their bedroom because a lot of the bedrooms are huge. Right. So they've got their bedroom area and then they have like the and gym they're area. They're still in bed. And a couple of times with not their spouse. I can't name any names. I'm sorry. I want to hear all the names. I will never work in this town again if I name names. But there was one time where I actually did that and I went in and I'm like, all right, time to get up. And and then another head popped up and I thought it was the person's spouse. Yeah. And it wasn't. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait downstairs. Wow. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Do all these people have you sign NDAs? <laughs> yeah. They do, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Not that I can't if say. If they're be cheating and you're going to get the code to their front door, then. Oh, of course. I would never. I would never. No, I know. But, you know. I got a lot of secrets, too. Oh, like what? <laughs> I can't tell you any of them. It's patient confidentiality. But you said this podcast was going to entertain. It is. And, you know, unfortunately, all the most entertaining things are things that I'm forbidden to say. What the? Bait and switch? Well, same. Oh, who was oh, in bed? She got who me. Who in bed with who? I want to know. <laughs> What? I don't no, know. Who- you know, they should have a, a, a like a statute on that. Like at some point, when? 10 years later, can you tell? Or when can you tell? When you don't want to do this career anymore. That's when you can <laughs> tell. You because you will. There's a book called You'll Never Nanny in This Town Again. Uh, oh. Which my friend like ghost wrote for the author, uh-huh. quote unquote author. And it's about um, the uh, famous agent. My God, his name just slipped my mind. Oh my God, uh, uh, it'll come to me. But she, the nanny just, it was a tell-all wow. about this famous agent and his wife and how what, you know, how they didn't really like seem to care about their kids very much. Oh, and, wow. You know, there was, and they, That's she told sad. everything. That's why the name of the book is You'll Never Nanny in This Town Again. I feel bad for the kids because they'll read <laughs> oh that later. God. But also, yeah. she must not have signed a, a thing. NDA. I guess not. I think there's a lot of people that I hear about around here. I was just talking earlier about someone whose nanny knows, uh, whose housekeeper knows the next door person's housekeeper. And that person is my patient. And her housekeeper tells her what the very famous neighbors people are doing. And so, you know what I mean? Do I carry the one? My patient's housekeeper is friendly with the housekeeper of uh, the people who live next door who are extremely well known and they tell each other stuff and then that housekeeper tells that person and then she tells me and then I'm like whoa but I can't say anything sorry I can't say anything I'll just be but over here. it's in Calabasas <laughs> it's in it's Hidden in Hills that's all I can say and also no I'm just kidding Oh my God. Such a tease. No, but I do have a good story about okay. um, famous comedian John Mendoza, who is one of my favorite comedians. He has been for a long time. If you don't know his name, shame on you because he's hilarious. So who so is he? So go look him up. I'm just kidding. He lives in Calabasas. Oh, should I have not said that? <laughs> Sorry, John. Oh, oh my God. I bet you Everyone I would lives know. in Calabasas. Yeah. He, oh, you know who else lives here? Ken oh. Jeong. <gasps> He's so funny. Okay, and Ken he's like Jung actually a doctor. Hilarious. In person. I saw him at Rite Aid. He's freaking Oh my God. Hilarious. Okay. He's so funny. There's a lot of people. Madonna just moved into Hidden Hills, I believe. Really? J Lo used to live in Hidden Hills. She sold her house a few, a while ago yeah. to Miami. People move a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. celebrities. I mean, because- if they have a house in Calabasas, that doesn't mean they mainly live here always. So Right, right. Um, but we do have a lot of celebrities here and people tend to only know the Kardashians because they're the ones that are most famous for Calabasas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot. There's so many. A other. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Will Smith, I think. And I think Kevin Hart. And mm-hmm. I think. That's right. But none of that stuff is definite because I'm because people move around people a lot. Move. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. I only know where the people live that I work with. So I don't right. work with Miley Cyrus. But I work with somebody that lived next door to her. But she might have moved. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> We're Anyway, back to John right Mendoza. Now. Okay, John Mendoza. So, does everybody know who that is? He 
He's he a had comedian. His own show called The Second Half. He tours with Howie Mandel all the time. They're best friends. Okay. I had him on my podcast as well, but I trained him for several years. And one of the funniest things he did was <laughs> he used to leave the door front door unlocked because I used to train him at night at like mm -hmm. seven o'clock because he was working during the day doing shows and stuff. So I I was a little early, so I he had left the door unlocked. So I opened the door and I started walking back to where like the treadmill and all this stuff mm -hmm. is and back in the gym. And I go in and I see, I hear the treadmill. I'm like, oh my God, yes. He got on the treadmill before I got mm -hmm. here. This is fantastic. Because normally he was never ready. So he's he on like the me. treadmill. So I'm like, this is really great. So I go back there and I hear the treadmill. I see the treadmill running, but he's not on it. And then is he I tricking look you? over to the couch and he's got a cigarette and a beer and he's watching football. So without a beat, I said, so John, how long have you been on the treadmill? How, how long have you been on the treadmill? And he goes, hang on. And he got up and walked over to the treadmill and looked to see how long it was running. It was about 40 minutes. <laughs> I love him so much. He He's was so gonna funny. He was going to hop right back on right before you came oh, and pretend? completely. Like I couldn't smell the smoke and the beer and all that. Oh my God. Um, but he has since had a stroke. Oh, <laughs> okay. No. And he complete, completely turned his life around. Okay. Which is okay. really nice. So that was his health interruption that he had a stroke. But so, um, yeah, he was leapfrogging off of Howie Mandel's back mm -hmm. in an airport hangar while he was getting ready to fly to go do a show with Howie. And all of a sudden he's like, yeah, my chest hurts. And Howie's like, oh my God, shouldn't you see a doctor about it? He goes, ah, I'll do it when I get back. And after sure. he got back, he wound up having a stroke while he was driving, oh. which is really dangerous, by the way. But um, Of course. So yeah. what's really the message here, I think, you guys, is that you don't wait till some horrible thing happens to you to start taking care of your health. And um, that's mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the things I was talking about the other day. I do a daily quote. I do an inspirational quote. And I'm trying to remember what the exact quote was. But the point is, we, we you, you just can't take anything for granted. You can't take anything for granted. And the other thing is, you may not have to experience everything yourself in order to learn from it. You can learn from right. wise people. Yes. You can take advice. Like maybe when you're like a teenager, you feel like you have to experience everything and make a bunch of mistakes in order to learn. But as you grow up, you realize, oh, there's a lot of wisdom I can learn from and not have to suffer through the consequences of every bad decision in order to learn. And I know uh, my son told me the corollary to that is, what is it? One thorn of experience is worth an entire forest of, what is it? One thorn of experience is worth an entire forest of, I don't what's know, it knowledge, advice. Um, uh. Oh, entire forest of advice. Yeah, because people can tell you till they're blue in the face what you should do. You should exercise. You shouldn't smoke. You should do this, you should do that. Until you have some horrible thing happen, then you then you don't realize how important it is to turn things around. But anyway, yeah. It's true because, you know, John talks about how he had just eaten a steak at Larson's Steakhouse. You know, I mean, these are things that you can't keep doing yeah. without a consequence. And so um, you were asking me earlier are about my style. Are you trying to say that I can't keep eating steak? Well, well, how often are you? How often are you eating those uh -oh, steaks? We're going to start <laughs> our counseling session. <laughs> right. So, you guys, I I am low carb. I'm low carb, but yeah. I don't eat a lot and of it steak. And shows. I, I don't yeah. eat. Thank you. I don't eat a lot of steak. I eat 
a lot of lean meat though. I eat chicken and then I do eat cheese and stuff like that, but yeah. I don't eat a lot of carbs. Um, so steak right. once in a while. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't say like a whole slab of steak, just a little, just a little half of a petite filet or something. You know, I try to meet people where they are. If, if someone is a meat eater and they really love it, I'm going to keep it in there. Like when I work with them on their diet, it's, mm -hmm. you know, you have to say, well, okay, do you want to eat all these things? Or do you want to look like this? <laughs> you know, so that's the question. You have to be realistic. And I really try to be realistic, but I also want to meet the person where they are. Right. And if they're not ready for, okay, but we have to exclude celebrities on this because I have to say actors are really a joy to work with mm -hmm. because they usually have a really like hard deadline mm -hmm. on when they have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So they're super committed. So when you have that, my job is so much easier right? because I know what they need to do. So when they do it, it's like, boom, 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 you get the result. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, but, but if it's somebody that doesn't have like a deadline, then it's a little bit tougher. I think they don't have I, an urgency. I have to agree with you in my small experience, not nearly like any of these actors, but let's say, I'm going to go on set with KTLA or I'm going to, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go to Cabo with my friends, um, right. a, a bathing suit. in a bathing suit. Like, you know, I think over the pandemic, one of the things they said, like, is that people gain weight because of being sedentary, this and that. But I also think it's because they weren't going to be seen anywhere in any event and they weren't going to go on vacation or wear their bathing suits. So, um, I feel like those things give me my own little deadline of, oh, I'm going to have to wear a bikini in front of other people in a month and a half. So I'm driven, right? But imagine if the whole world's going to see you in a movie at a certain day and you have to play a certain character, it's like another whole level of necessity, right? You, It's almost like your job is to look good. So, And that's what I try to explain to people who judge actors who do some of the procedures I offer. Mm. And actors feel like they can't admit they do them, but on the other hand, they're expected to look a certain way. They're expected not to have a single line. They're expected to be perfect and beautiful because that's what people want to see and that's what they want to watch. So um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because being photographed from every angle, being photographed when they don't have makeup on, 24-7 puts them under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and so it's a matter of giving good guidance, being reasonable with these uh, patients, knowing that they still need to move their face, but they still need to look great and whatever. <laughs> and then understanding they're not going to tell everyone that you did their stuff because, because people are so judgmental about it, A and B, um, they'll basically attribute your entire career and your beauty to, oh, but she admits she does Botox or she admits she does filler. It's, it's, right. it's getting a little bit better, but it's, it's still like that. So once you won't get your A-listers in most cases admitting that they do any injectables. And yet I see them on the red carpet. <laughs> you know, I see them. See, Dr. Anna knows. She can look at a face and know exactly what was done, right? Just most like times, she can yeah. match that, that uh, audio to a TikTok. <laughs> it's like very precise. It's precision. But um, right. yeah, it's true, right? Yeah. And I even have had clients, like really big celebrity clients who never would refer me anyone mm -hmm. because they don't didn't want anybody knowing their secret. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they've told me that. They're like, I don't want anybody to know because, you know, and I don't I want you to sign an NDA because I want to keep this to I want to keep you to myself. Right. I've had many people do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of, at first you're like, ah, but 
you've got all these people you can refer to yes. me. Like when I first started my business. Yes. But, um, you know, then I understand why. No, you know? I totally yeah. understand it. It's their prerogative and totally fair, but it is kind of a bummer. Like uh, some of my most famous people, I have to go to their house to do their stuff. Um, and I go to their house and it's a completely secret. Sometimes they don't even let me bring a lot of times. They don't let me bring a team, a t you know, a team member or like an assistant with me. And so it's like a tree falling in the forest. I want <laughs> to really did happen? you know that I did so-and-so's face, but I can't. We've never bumped and into each other. And they don't tell any of their friends. How have we never bumped and into yeah, each other at someone's one of these house? Days, me and Gina are going to bump oh my into God. each other. Well, see, okay, one of my. I think she's the early bird and I'm the late bird, though. I yeah, think that's probably. probably why. She's there first thing in the morning and I'm like the You're late later. one after work. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, somebody told me this a long time ago. Uh, one of my favorite people that I worked with, she, she was uh, executive producer, creator, and writer mm -hmm. of, remember the show Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Mm -hmm. It was a while so. back, but it was like really a good, wholesome, like Saturday night family show. But she said to me one time, and I'm going to say it to you now, you are in the entertainment business. Because I used <laughs> to say, well, I'm not in, the, in, in the, your industry. She's like, yes, you are. Because if it wasn't for you, my actors wouldn't look this way on my show. And I happen to train her too, but I trained some of the other people on the show. Right. So it's like, she's like, you are in the business because we're helping them be their best on our own different levels. Yeah. Be the best that they can be, you That's know, with true. what they have. That's the other thing. I've had celebrities come to me showing me pictures of other celebrities and saying, I want to look like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, but you're not that person. Why don't we make you look the best that you, that can, you look? can look? Oh my God. You sound like me. Well, it's, but it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like common sense, but yeah, I, you know, one of the funniest things, I think it was Molly Sims. I didn't work with her, but we were at an event together mm -hmm. and it was a luncheon at one of those like gifting suites. Mm -hmm. Do y'all know what gifting suites yes. are? Uh -huh. People know, right? A gifting suite is where basically different um, companies put in, put together uh, gifts that they would like for celebrities to carry or wear or use. And so it helps to promote their items that they make for, so that the, you know, they, because they're hoping like that celebrity will be seen using the product or photograph with the product so that it helps promote them. And in exchange, the celebrity gets the free product. Yeah. So and, basically you get a yeah. bunch of free stuff. Yeah. So I was at one of these mm -hmm. and um, I'm, we had, they had a luncheon and I'm sitting across from Molly Sims and I was watching what she was eating because mm -hmm. it was so fascinating to me to see all the different like celebrities and then non-celebrities and their PR people and who was eating what mm -hmm. PR people were eating whatever they wanted. Yeah. The celebrity females would get like, they would ask for like a piece of fish with a side of veggies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mainly. Cause they only had like three options. So it was like a burger with everything on it and a side of fries. And then it was like salmon with green beans. Okay. And that's it. And then it was like a steak with potatoes and some veggies on the side. So all the female actresses were getting the fish with the um, green beans. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there watching cut a green bean into like six pieces and eat <laughs> one little and then take a little square of fish and eat that. And by the end, almost the whole plate was still there. Yeah. Now she's really, really thin, right? And um, we had walked out and she's like, yeah, I'm only about one flew away from my ideal weight. 
one foot. It was like, and this was like a long time ago. Now you hear people say that, but I swear she was the first one to say that. Ah. And it was the funniest thing to me. Because oh it's kind of true. Like sometimes you're just like, you only need to lose like five to six pounds. And if you have a flu, bam, it's gone. Right? Do you know, I say that all the time, get in big trouble. I know. Like I say, I think I, I got diarrhea, but at least that means I'll lose weight. At least I made my ideal good, weight. Right? <laughs> That's not, not good. good. I'm a doctor. I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. <laughs> but people know we're but kidding because we just kidding. kidding. Just kidding. We're just kidding. Kidding. What was the worst experience you've ever had going to someone's home? So early on, I went <laughs> to a super famous person's house. I was over the moon excited I had all my stuff with me and it was another one situation where you can't bring anyone. And I went in and I was waiting in the kitchen. Uh, Often I end up doing injections in the kitchen. (laughs) People might be laying on the center island to get a peel or whatever. But leaning against their fridge to do their injections. It's not ideal. Like now I bring a light sometimes if I'm going to go because the lighting is not ideal. Like I like being in my cocoon with my procedure lights and my exam table that moves and everything. But I was beyond excited. But literally, I sat in that kitchen for two hours waiting for this celebrity to come downstairs to be ready for me to do their shots. So two hours? Two hours. Okay. And at the time, my kids were little. And uh, everybody's like, are you going to come home for dinner? What's going on? Where are you? And all this stuff. And uh, the chef was in the kitchen, the female chef. And she was like making stuff and trying to make a chat, you know, conversation with me. But uh, it almost felt like I shouldn't have the right to be upset, but I've, by the end I was like, this sucks, man. Come on down here so I could do your, do your shots and you your know, stuff. You bring up what? a really good point because <laughs> I think sometimes celebrities take advantage of their power, if you want to call it, mm-hmm, or influence, mm-hmm. because there's been many times where I've had to sit there and wait an hour and I'm on a schedule and so right. are you usually right? probably. So I have other people after you. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's disrespectful. Yeah. You know, no matter if, if you're famous or not, it's still someone's time right. and it's their livelihood. So. No, it's true. And I, you know, have, especially since COVID become a chronically late person, I'm chronically late. And I know that some people just are that way. So it's not like they're personally insulting me or doing something to me, but uh, like a few minutes is one thing. Two hours. I was like, yeah, that's too whatever. much. Besides that, nobody knows I saw this person. <laughs> right. It's not, you can't even get anything else out of yeah. it. Like a referral. Isn't that selfish of me? <laughs> but I also, that's the other thing about being a celebrity. Everyone wants to hook on to like your name and your uh, visibility. And right. even obviously I'm like that because I'm like, well, nobody knows I saw you anyway. And I spent like now four hours because I, by the time you drive out to wherever their house is and then you. I'm not going to say where because they probably know who I am and they're not listening. But just in case <laughs> they're not listening. Uh, <laughs> weren't they on your podcast a few weeks ago? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, my no. God. Well, do you usually uh, do in-home it, it's visits? It's someone who won't admit that they do. It, oh, yeah. It's someone that doesn't admit they know me. But anyway. Well, do you do your in-home visits like on certain days or on the weekends? Or is it like in the middle of your work day? No. The way it works is um, almost always at the celebrity's convenience. So. Oh, okay. But it has to be, uh, you know, a time when I don't have patient schedules. So that's why my appointment got canceled that's last it. week with you. Or they pop yeah. in here. Sometimes they pop in here and they kind of like. Really? Yeah. You get pop-ins? 
I never get training pop-ins, believe me. That would never happen. No one's <laughs> no. like, hey, I just popped in because I want to work out. No, I don't think so. So the reason I like to be flexible with, with them is because they have certain times when they can have little needle marks and bruises, certain times when they can't, certain times when they're making appearances or traveling and just to be in town and to have a period of time where it's okay to be a little not perfect looking is a special moment in their schedule that we have to negotiate. So that I try to work around that as much as possible, but maybe not as bend over backwards as I used to be (laughs) because it's like, I'm taking care of all kinds of people. They don't, they're not all famous. I, I have a lot of People that made appointments a long time ago, and I got to take care of them, you know. So, um, but I I try to accommodate as much as possible. I appreciate that about you. Yeah, that's really nice. My celebrity chefs, my celebrity trainers, (laughs) Um, my sound guy. No, I'm just kidding. Right, my sound. He hasn't done any procedures yet. I'm offended that Rob hasn't asked me to do anything on him. Doesn't really need anything. Well, I mean, oh, his crevasse is getting a little (laughs) crevasse. That's awesome. Crevasse. That's a term coined by Jerry O'Connell on our inaugural podcast he was your first, episode. Yeah, he was in your first episode. And he was like talking about his crevasse between his brows. So, oh I mean, I don't know. Rob speaking, might be a little Speaking crevasse. of crevasse. He's, he's almost ready. Speaking of crevasse, I had an actress um, years ago who wanted to get Botox. Uh-huh. And I said, well, don't do it until, you know, you don't have a job. Like, you can't do it in the middle of a job. Right, right, Okay, right. because, you know, you might have little marks or you might have, if you're getting filler, you might have some bruising, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Unless Dr. Anna does it, because I've seen, I've had clients that have come back with no bruising. Amazing. Because mm-hmm. um, you're so good at it. Thank you. But um, she got Botox all up here mm-hmm. and then booked a, a pharmaceutical campaign <laughs> where um, it was for like some, I don't know what the drug was, right? Like some gut drug like some i don't know like prilosec or i don't know something like that it was a whole campaign yeah so it was like a week-long shoot and they're like we need you to show pain like you're really in pain and you're gonna hold your stomach and she's like trying to nothing moves and nothing's moving up here right i don't know who did her inject it you wasn't you it that wasn't did it. it was a long time ago but she was like so they decided they had to cut her hair and give her bangs because like right there on the, they had to shoot the whole thing over because she couldn't move her forehead. She was, yeah. So she couldn't show expression. So it was pretty so funny. So I, I find it interesting that that Botox is still being done that way. I I, uh, I do Botox on everyone and not just obviously celebrities, but if I do it on someone who's an actress, someone who needs to move their face, mm-hmm. uh, I always do a different type of dosing. I do it a different way so that they can still move and still make expression and not look like a frozen, you know, person or not have their brows knocked down to where they're they're not moving it at all. But um, Botox has been around for 20 years this year. And I'm surprised that still the technique is, you know, I I feel like if you do Botox enough times, you should be able to start seeing what works best in your patients. And I find there's a lot of, a lot of that out there where people are just (laughs) overdone or they look odd and, and, you know, it's, I, you know, it's like a peeve. Like I look at yeah. it, like, what'd you do to that person? Why did like, you do that? Why'd you do that? Remember the girl on High Desperate Housewives? Um, I think Brie was her name, her character name, but I don't know her actual name, but she was the redhead with the blue eyes and her forehead was completely 
so smooth and yeah. so shiny and did not move at all. Oh. So there, there was that, like, it was that look, right? Yeah, that yeah. reptilian non-movement of anything on your face look. But, you know, I mean, obviously some people do come in and they want that. They're like, I don't want, want anything to move. And I'm like, really? You want nothing to move? You want to talk and nothing on your face moves? I'm like, it's not really that attractive. Well, Leah but- Remini, who I've known since she was in her 20s, and mm-hmm. she's a client of mine for many years, She's in New York right now doing something and she put on her Instagram and it was hilarious. I don't know who she's doing, hosting this show with, but um, she said, well, we got a comment on our Instagram and somebody called us two Botoxed mannequins and we have two words for that. Thank you. <laughs> she was excited about it because she loves that look. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's like, thank you for telling us we look like two Botox mannequins. Oh, That's my what we were God. going for. Yeah. You know? So I guess I'm, some people really do like that look. Yeah. You know, just you being know, really smooth. Honestly, and, to roll back what I just said and completely like contradict myself. Yeah. To some extent, you have to do what someone wants. Like if that's what mm. they want and you talk to them and say, are you sure you don't want to look natural? This is what I'm known for. And da, 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 and like, no, I want no lines. Well, if you have no lines, you have no movement. And is that okay? Yes, I want no movement. And I'm like, okay, then I, you, to some extent, have to give people what they want. But yeah. I think at this point, because of my social media and because of, I've been around for a while, people know that I'm the one that's going to give you the more natural look. So if they want that frozen look, they're not coming to me. They go to someone else who's going to, just knock them out and they don't move at all. So yeah. I think it's interesting to think about though each person's individual aesthetic um, and try to match, try to blend what I want to do for them with what they want and make mm. sure that we're meeting at a point that that ends up satisfying to both See, of us. See, we yeah. have the same philosophy. Ah, you me. have to meet the person where they're at. Yeah. So some people aren't willing to work as hard you know, to be healthy and to be in shape. Mm-hmm. So you have to start them somewhere. So you got to start them where they're comfortable and then build on that and educate. And right. educating them is one of the, is a big part of what I do. Mm-hmm. So I want them to be educated. In fact, I've had at least two clients over the years, not celebrity clients, but two regular clients mm-hmm. who went on to become trainers Oh wow! because they learned so much from me training them. They, they were like, I'm really interested in this. And I help them get certified as trainers. I love it. So it's, that was really cool. That is cool. Yeah, That's gratifying. I, I like that. I like that. So tell me what inspires you. What inspired you to do what you do? What inspires you now? You know what? What inspires me is uh, technology and progression. And, you know, like there's, there's so many new things happening in the world in that respect. Uh-huh. You know, like, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say this if, if other people aren't like, if they have a certain opinion about it, but like NFTs and cryptocurrency uh-huh. and all oh, these wow. kinds of things is a very interesting mm-hmm. thing that's going on right now. I, I actually, I'm really into learning about that mm-hmm. and it's, it's fun. Um, I know some people aren't into it, but yeah, it's I just very don't know enough about it and people keep trying to explain it to me. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I do want to learn about it. Yeah. But people said that about computers like know, back in the eighties. It's like, no, I know. No, no, no. I know. But it's like, if, if somebody doesn't know about it, don't put it down until you've done your research and oh, you learn about exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Cause it's the future. Blockchain is definitely the future. And Blockchain. I don't, I don't, exp- I'm not, Pretending I'm an expert on it, but it's so fascinating. Really, I, I it need really to read more is. about it. 
Yeah, it's really we had cool. a we had someone that uh, our team member that was obsessed, and every lunchtime would be trying to explain to everybody about it and all this. And I just it just it, it was if I feel like if you're not ready, if you're not ready to learn about it, it's like a big blank thing. It's it's like you just can't seem to get it unless you're ready. Yeah. I think when you're ready, then you'll start acquiring that information. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like a black hole that you don't want to yeah, go it's near. Like a black hole. But here's the problem. It's like computers. You have to start learning about it a little bit now. Yeah. Because it is going to be the future. There's I don't think there's ever going to be credit cards again yeah. or checks. I mean, who writes I don't know who writes still I writes know, checks. checks. It's hard to believe you anyone know? took a check. You just sign a piece of paper. Right, but who thought it I would mean, ever go away either? Yeah, I, that's and true. That's the other thing is that checks, well, checks haven't gone away. They haven't, but not many, unless you're like 80, not many people yeah. use checks anymore, right? So with blockchain and Bitcoin and all that stuff, you know, everything's leaning towards there. Why are all the big companies buying up Bitcoin? And why are they buying up all these other crypto altcoins and stuff? So it's really fascinating. But anyway, I like, so, I like the technology uh -huh. and that transfers over into fitness as well. Because we have things like tonal, which is a, which is like a, um, it looks like a monolith. It's like, a, it's like the mirror, but you put it on your wall and mm -hmm. you can do, you can tap into a real trainer yeah. and you can do exercises on this thing that looks like a mirror on your wall. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Is you it? Know? Peloton has one of those too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, cool. it's fascinating to see how fitness has changed too. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you really don't have an excuse. You know, like Rob was saying earlier that he hasn't had a gym membership since before the pandemic. So I said he has till the end of the week. <laughs> but, to get cracking. You know, like who didn't gain a few pounds over the pandemic, right? That's true. But some people got into the shape of their lives. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they made a decision. Yes. They were either going to gain weight or they were going to take this time with their families to walk for an hour every night, mm -hmm. to watch their diet, to learn how to cook. To start exercising with the equipment they had in their basement that had clothes hanging on it. Yeah. You know, and they did and they really got into the shape of their lives. Yeah. None of my clients gained weight over the pandemic because we did a seamless transition just right onto FaceTime and Zoom. Love. Which was fantastic. That so is I was awesome. really proud of Are you of still them. doing some of that on Zoom? Yeah, I still yeah. am. Because some people are like, hey, you don't have to be in traffic. Yeah. I'm fine with using Zoom. Let's just keep doing this. And yeah. it's like really been great. Yeah, I think that the pandemic has brought us a leap forward in technology, working from home and using all these um, tools that we always had, but we were never maximizing the use of it because we didn't need to. And now yeah. I think it's going to always, a lot of this stuff will stay, stay that way. Is there a stock you wish you had gotten before the pandemic? <laughs> Zoom? No, Zoom. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right. Zoom and let's see, what, toilet paper. Peloton, Peloton like sold out over the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was crazy. But now yeah. I see a lot of Pelotons on Craigslist and eBay. And yeah, people are done. <laughs> they're like dumping. People are done. Them. They're, they're yeah. going outside now. They're going outside or group or fitness. Or to the gym or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, there's so many. Well, one of the ones that I've really lived by and it kind of got me through being a stunt person for a while, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've heard it, but it is my favorite one by Eleanor Roosevelt. Do thing, do one thing every day that scares you. And I literally okay. try to do that. I mean, I've done things that I look back and go, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And Give like, me examples. Well, like 
first of all, jumping from a high place yes. for a stunt, um, jumping out of a moving van several times, like onto concrete. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Scuba diving, which might not sound crazy. Oh, I love scuba diving. But to go 60 feet down there when you have asthma, because I do have asthma, mm -hmm. I, that did freak me out, I have to say. <laughs> that, I, that was one thing I did that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and I'll yeah. never do it again. <laughs> I but I yeah, I love scuba diving. I had one freak out. I think I told you guys about that on one of our podcasts. Oh, wait. I've listened to all your podcasts. When did you have a freak out? Uh, with, I think, was I talking to Charles Galanis? Oh, was it? Or who? Oh, Sandra Lee, because oh, she had just Dr. gone Pimple to Turks Popper? and Caicos. Yes. She was great. And yeah. yes, and she had, was talking about diving. And I was talking about the one time that I like was on the sea floor waiting for these little garden eel to come up and we were 90 feet, 90 feet 90 below. feet? No, 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 no. Oof. How much water, how much, how long would it take for me to get up there? What if something happens to my oxygen? And I start floating up and panicking and floating up and Bella goes, <laughs> like a little 12 year old at oh the God, top. She's like, she's like, what are like you doing? Like a sea turtle. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Come down. Oh my God. It, she it, had this thing when she was little, she would say, see down, <gasps> see down, mom. <laughs> like, calm down. Oh my God. It's see so down. Funny. Oh my gosh. I'm such a spaz. I've no, always been one. My kids have been raising me for a long time. But the, okay. The thing about scuba diving is all you hear is the sound of your breathing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it is like, it can freak you out if you let it. It yeah. really can. It's and that's true. really it's a true. mind over matter thing. True. Yeah. But so, so you tell, you told me what inspires you. Do you have a mentor that you look to that, that you used to look to or that you do now that guides some of the things that you, you do or have done? You know, um, God, it's such a great question because there's so many people along the way, you know, that influence you. And some of them, they don't even know they influenced you. Right. You know, like, honestly, with training, I have to say, because I've been, I've been doing it so long mm -hmm. that I was one of the first people to do it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the truth. And sort of paving the way for other people. For other people, yeah. But, you know, I still even look at people that are younger than me mm -hmm. and I see them doing great things with it. Yeah. And- they inspire me too. Yeah. But I have to say my mom, um, she passed away 20 years ago, but to this day, I still hear her voice and her telling me things that I have lived my life by. Oh. So it's, that's really cool. That is yeah, cool. It's important. And I know you do that with your kids. Yeah. And they're amazing. Even it's, though they raised you. They raised me. They were born much more wise than I am, but anyway. <laughs> they're so wise for their years. <laughs> You really, especially Bella. She's kind of serious. Yeah. And like super smart. Yeah. It's amazing. It and is, Carlos it, is witty like a, you. He's and, a nut. Yeah. Like his mama. I like that in a person. Yeah. We got to spin the wheel. And I want to ask you, what's your definition of beauty? Oh, I know. Because you ask all of your guests yes, that. And I've heard guest. all of them and what they say. And uh -huh. I noticed that confidence is a big one that always yes. comes up. And that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to go into more detail on that because when I see somebody who is comfortable in their skin, like being a trainer mm -hmm. and what, so I'm always looking at people and how they hold their body and mm -hmm. how they walk. And when I see somebody that's, that maybe could be overweight or something like that, but is super comfortable with themselves. I mm -hmm. love that. 
to me, that's beautiful. In fact, yes. one of the first guests that we had on Health Interrupted was Stacy Beeman from Plyo Jam, mm. and she is she's a she's a plus size fitness instructor. And I wanted to have her on because we're all about inclusivity on the yes. podcast, and as a trainer, I'm all about that as well. And she teaches people in her Plyo Jam classes every week. You have the right to move your body. It right. doesn't matter what you look like. Exactly. You don't have to be fit to do a plyo jam class or any class for that matter, or to have a trainer, mm -hmm. you know, just do something and be happy with the way you are. And I do love that. I love that. Yeah. Turn off that voice that says, who do you think you are? Yes. Who you had Angela Johnson yes. on talking about. <laughs> That's right. See, I listened to your podcast. You are listening. Woo, it's and true. she was hilarious. She's one of my favorite comedians. And oh, she was so too. great and so sweet. I'm obsessed and with her. You know, you know, who do you think you are? You are you, and you should embrace that and own it. Yeah. So, you know. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. we're going to make you spin are those the jelly wheel? bean things on, on that wheel because it's, I brought Perry, I brought the sparkling water. Me. Can I say Perrier? Um, oh, she's waiting. Okay. 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 Oh, there's jelly bean. No. Okay, how do we do this? Okay, how do I do gonna, this? I'm going to hold it and you're going to spin it. Do I spin it my way, this yeah, way? Yeah, either way. Probably your way's easiest. Okay. Oh, it hardly went anywhere. Okay, go. Go okay. again if you want. I want you to get jelly beans. I landed on the same tree. Free association. <laughs> oh, no. It was meant to be free association. Oh, no. Usually I just call it ahead of time. Okay, okay my husband did this one. And because, I, of course, I listened to that podcast that you did with him. And um, he was like taking really long to answer. It's supposed to be like right it's away, like one right? Word, bam, bam. And if it's funny, we'll go into it a little bit more if we want, right? We oh can do gosh. whatever we want. Okay. It's our podcast. All right, ready? Okay. Free association. Plump. Um, watermelon. I have no idea why I said that. I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> All right. So next word, tight. Slim. Okay. Workout. Yes. Yes. Work out. Everybody work out. Okay. And then health. Good for you. Uh-huh. That was three words. You're in trouble for that one. Oh, it's just one word? You could have said interrupted. Health. Interrupted. <gasps> oh, my God. Why didn't I say that? Do over. Okay. Health. Again. Interrupted. There you go. That's okay. your name of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Cinematography. Post. Ryan Seacrest. Oh. And I don't know why he popped into my head. But I He's think, hosted everything. I know. Like, R Ryan, stop taking all the jobs, for God's sakes. And yeah. I love when he shows pictures. And come pictures. be a guest on my podcast yes, come also. To, and mine too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're like, can you be a guest on both of our podcasts? We'll <laughs> film it at the same time. Oh my God. That would be funny. That would be so great. <laughs> okay. Moist. No. Uh, absolutely not. That is a word that that should never be said. It is my the word that I hate the most, and I know a lot of your guests hate it too. But uh -huh. in my family, we have a little book that re we write down words that should not be ever spoken. Okay, and that one is on the first page. And there's so, a bunch of other words in there. And that too. M word is the thing. That's I don't know thing. what it's about that that just gets everybody. Okay, sanitize. That's the follow up to the last word I said. Oh, gross. Because <laughs> if you have to sanitize it, it was gross. 
<laughs> what's the name of this comedian I was listening to uh, earlier today? Uh, what's the name of that comedian that I was listening to? Oh, she's hilarious. Um, what did she say? She says, I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to say it. You, um, know, oh, just you have that to part say out. it now. I can't remember her name. She did a, a, a series about like she's 39 and she said this guy was helping her with this project and he was standing behind her and I guess he got an erection and you could feel it. She could feel it in her back. And she was like, I didn't feel violated. I was pumped. I was excited that I got this 29 year old guy excited. And she goes, and when I went home, my panties look like the bottom of a bird cage. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Who says that out loud?" That was insane. Anyway, speaking of moist, okay. So, oh my god! <gasps> this is an uncensored podcast. I think we're gonna be cutting that out. Look at Robbie's like ten shades of red. Totally he does, when he blushes, it's getting cut. Oh my gosh! He likes to keep it clean-ish. So I'm cussing aloud. No. Okay. No dirty stuff, but she did say that in her comedy routine. I didn't make it up, but what? I thought, oh my god! In comedy, you can say anything, right? So you can say whatever yeah. you want. Okay, warm, fuzzy, <laughs> bikini bottom, bikini bottom. <laughs> Are you also training bikini bottom, SpongeBob? Are you training anyone oh, no. who voices SpongeBob? Oh, Tom Kenny, I love him. Uh, did you? No, he's oh. worked with my son a lot, but. He likes bike riding, by the way. He's a uh, big cyclist. Oh, really? He, he rides his bike to work a lot, and he lives near the studios. There we go again, saying where people live. See, we okay. know where everybody lives. <laughs> she knows more. Okay, shape. Form. Okay. Getting people in shape. That's your job. All right, here we go. Oh, we're doing another one? Mm -hmm. Okay. I hope we get jelly beans. Yes! Oh, no! It's jelly beans! Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Okay, this is it, babies. Getting this ready. She's already opening her Perrier, you yeah, guys. Yeah, because I do my it? homework. She's She did all the homework and listened to all the podcasts. Did you guys listen to all of them? Because you need to. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And also follow Gina Lombardi's podcast, Health Interrupted. And it's in the same place as iTunes, Spotify. Okay, so we're doing this game with these bean-boozled jelly beans. Jelly bellies. So she has to spin oh another God. wheel. First, she got to flick this wheel. I have to spin the wheel? Yeah, spin the wheel. Flick it, flick it, flick Oh, it. that wheel. Okay, yeah. there's, there, there's, if you can't see this because you're listening to this, there's a little wheel on the jelly bean box. There we go. And see. she got, I get to pick. She got the one that's either going to be stinky, stinky socks. Oh, God. Or Tutti Fruity. Oh, please, Tutti Fruity. <laughs> please, Tutti so, Fruity. this one right here with the little, that one. The that, white. With the specks on it? Yeah, with the speckles. Okay, I have a white jelly bean. And I bean have to have one too because Courtney's mean it. and she says that I have to do the same thing that my guests do. Thank you, Courtney. Okay, She's so mean. it looks unassuming. Yeah, okay, it ready? looks cute, like tutti frutti, but Should we is go? it socks? Should we go for it? I'm ready. And we both have sons, so we know it's stinky. Oh, oh God. Uh, oh, God. Oh, wow. Oh, that's disgusting. That is... Oh my, oh. oh my God. I'm going to have PTSD from this podcast. Oh, that's gross. Oh, now you Ew. ruined Perrier for me too. Does Perrier taste bad? Oh my no, God. No, because I still have stinky well, socks in they, my mouth. How are they so good at remaking these disgusting flavors? 
Oh my God. I've had it with this game, but we're moving on to a different one. Next time we spin the wheel, I don't know what All it's right. going to be. Being boozled, people, you need to Oof. be put in jail. <laughs> I know. Oh, here's a napkin, my love. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I put it who on are your the table. chemists that are spending their life energy recreating oh, stinky socks flavors? That was They're utterly so good at this. Utterly disgusting. I was <sighs> so hoping for Tutti Fruity, too. Well, on that note, Thank you for joining us Aww. for the Dr. Beauty Podcast. Yeah, I have to say, you left me with a bad taste in my mouth, I Anna. I her with a bad taste in my mouth. In her mouth and my mouth. But yes, but it was a ooh, pleasure. We have got to go have some more something to drink. But anyway. If I'm going to eat stinky socks, I'd only want to do it with you. Aww, so thank you. Thank you. Love you, Gina. It's a pleasure. Thanks I love you back. on the show. Thank you. Bye, babies.